Welcome to episode 37 of the Antenu Energy Transition podcast. Today it's about batteries and more specifically it's about the future of electric batteries. And I'm having a great guest. Her name is Anne-Marie Svensson and she's a professor here at the Department of Materials, Science and Engineering at Antenu. And she's also a member of the management group of the Antenu Energy Transition Initiative, which brings you this podcast. So let's get it started. For stationary storage, um, you will see definitely more batteries. There's an explosion in the demand right now for several reasons. And here you have a much wider choice, I think, in materials and performance. Welcome to episode 37 of the Antenu Energy Transition podcast. And you've probably seen it in the description already uh, or in the name of this podcast episode that today we're going to talk about batteries specifically about electric batteries so the name of this episode is the future of electric batteries and and i'm here in the uh, glösshaugen campus uh, recording uh, podcast recording office and i'm not here alone i have a very uh, an amazing guest here today and she is professor at the department of materials science and engineering here at Antenu, and she does research on electrochemical processes focused on energy storage she actually does research on lithium ion and other batteries so welcome to the podcast Anne marie svensson thank you <laughs> nice to have you here on board and very important also to mention that she's a member of the management group of the Antenu energy transition initiative that actually brings you this podcast so what we're going to talk about today, Anne-Marie, is, uh, well, you know it already anyway, but yeah, I'm here, I'm talking to the audience. So what we're going to talk about is uh, why we need electric storage in the in and for the energy transition. We're going to talk about um, what kind of electric storage devices there actually are, and we're going to have a look at the development in the last years. And then we dive in to lithium ion batteries, because this is where Anne-Marie knows a lot about, and I'm looking forward to pick your brain mm. on that. And obviously in the end, we're going to have a very, a little bit of a chat about, okay, what the future brings for batteries and what we actually, uh, what we will be seeing in the development of batteries in, in the future. So before we mm. start right in with all of this, Anne-Marie, can you give us an idea who you are and how you became the person that you are right now? And, you know, you, you have your 10 sentences now at the beginning. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. That's interesting. Um, actually, I'm um, from education, a physicist. But uh, I was also very engaged in environmental issues as a student, and I looked, start looking for uh, master projects and PhD um, projects that were about some kind of renewable energy. Uh, I started out looking for um, research on solar cells because that would fit my background very well. But I couldn't find any at the time. I was too early. So then Even I entered at a technical university. There was not so much in nothing. Solar. This yeah. is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up doing a PhD in fuel cells, um, and which is quite similar to batteries. But later I switched to batteries because we had a chance to work with Norwegian companies that wanted to go into that market. So for the last. 10 years, that has been my main field of research. And for the last, yeah, three, four years or four or five years, it's been practically the only research I've been focusing on because it's a very expanding field. Mm. And can you maybe tell us a little bit about how many people here at, uh, at Antinu actually work in this field, in this battery field altogether? How big is that group? How big is that community? I think um, yeah, counting from PhD students and like upwards, I think it would now be um, 70, 80 people, maybe. Mm. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Quite so it's quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. So maybe 
why don't you give us like the, this big picture of, of why we need batteries or like what's wh why do we need electric storage mm -hmm. maybe in the beginning because uh, yeah. preparing for this episode I, I read this nice I read this nice text and I'm just going to read it to you so and it's kind of it says lithium batteries uh, dominate today's rechargeable battery industry demand is growing quickly as they are adopted in electric vehicles and um, grid energy storage applications however a wave of new improvements of today conventional technologies are at the horizon and um, could eventually also take over the, um, the, the the application that we have already in the market right now. So there's a lot of things happening, but maybe mm. let's start off with like, wh why do we need, actually need electric storage in the energy transition? Yeah, obviously we need electric storage for many things and batteries have been around for 100, 200 years. And uh, at some stage, um, the lithium ion batteries, for example, um, they have paved the way for mobile electronics. And at some stage, these were actually good enough to um, to power a car. And somebody realized this and started to developing electric cars. And it's not only the batteries, but the fact that electric engines are quite superior com compared to combustion engines. Why is that? Like, I, I'm going to ask a lot of yeah, naive questions, but like, wh why um, is that? They're much more efficient. Um, there is no like, torque, you don't need different gears, um, less, um, lesser parts. So this had, has triggered um, the investments that we see now in electric vehicles. And I think most car companies have decided to stop development of combustion engines and then switch to electric engine um, within a few years from now. Mm. Mm. And, and when, when, we think of, when we think about batteries, and you just said, okay, we had them in, in, in mobile applications like like our phones or our yeah. computers. And then always, obviously, the story pops into our head, or in my head at least, that Tesla was the first one, and they just put like a lot of computer batteries into a car, and then they yeah. started driving with that. Is that actually true? Were there the where was that company the real pioneers, or were there was that just one? Like, no, no, let's no. say was there a lot of other things happening as well, but they just did good marketing. Yeah, no, no. They were not the first. I mean, in fact, already um, the Ford was producing electric vehicles in the beginning of the 19th century. So, mm. but they were um, out competed by the combustion engine, were much more efficient at that time. Uh, later, uh, for example, Peugeot and Renault have made series of cars with nickel cadmium batteries in the beginning of the 90s. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, these batteries were not. Um, they were too heavy and not very practical. Mm. Uh, but there are lots of cars um, around still, or at that time there were quite a few cars. Mm. And also the Norwegian company Think actually made these small cars with something called a Zebra battery for some years at the end of the 90s, but they went bankrupt also. Oh yeah, okay, so yeah. So, so, the, the, so you say that they have actually been cars with electric batteries for, for, for decades, for almost like a century almost, you know, if, if yeah, like, yeah, 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 Ford star, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but the, the, the quality was just not good enough. And, and now yeah. the quality is better. Quality is better. Um, what happened is that uh, lithium ion reached economy of scale. What does that mean for the ones who have never heard that term? Yeah, it means that when you um, go into mass production, then the prices drop simply per unit. And that's what you need to make a car a low cost per pack. Yeah. Probably yeah. much anything probably, isn't it? Yeah, like anything. If you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you produce yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when we think about now lithium ion batteries, but also generally electric batteries, can can you give us 
an idea of where we actually use them because we just talked about cars, but we mm. might not use them only in cars, but we might also use them in other applications. Can you give us an idea where where is electric storage needed mm. now and maybe also in the future? Yeah, I mean, first of all, lithium-ion batteries were developed for the mobile uh, electronics. So it's the battery that is used in all uh, mobile phones, in all laptops, um, plates, uh, etc. So that was the beginning, and of course, of course, that's a very important market. So, uh, and then uh, we have the cars, and there's been a lot of development in that respect. Uh, and now we are seeing also that lithium-ion batteries are um, more and more used for stationary storage mm. because of the introduction of renewable um, electricity. Why, why do why do we need stationary storage there? Like, okay, we all know that sometimes the mm. wind blows and sometimes the wind the, the wind shines. No, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> uh, the sun shines. But wh why do we need why do we need storage capacity that is yeah that, like yeah in the building sector for example? What's the what's the, yeah what's that's the requirement I think there? the simple reason for it and yeah currently with the high energy prices it's becoming more interesting because I mean so far batteries were a little too expensive for this purpose but um when the energy price goes up it's uh, actually batteries are becoming competitive mm. yeah so well, but now we had this Ukrainian crisis okay not Ukrainian crisis but we had the invasion of mm. Russian forces in Ukraine and now the prices went up but that would mean that last year maybe the batteries were not competitive yet but they only became competitive this year so it's a very recent development yeah I think um, Horizon 2020 has a target though like um, what is it 0.2 to 0.25 euro cents mm. Horizon, oh. but that's that's a funding mechanism, uh, or the like all the EU um, networks or um, what what do you say? Um, the grid operators. No, oh. no. Uh, I mean, um, the EU puts standards on okay. or aims and goals for mm. where they want to uh, reach with uh, battery research and technology research. So it's a KPI, so mm. to speak. Um, I think it's set to like. 0.2.25 uh, euros per kilowatt hours, mm. uh, which is now like uh, very. That was the target for 2025 up to now, and mm. which is interesting in today's electricity uh, market. But that was the price for the unit. Ah, uh, uh, that's the price per stored kilowatt hour. Okay, and now we in are in a battery. And now it doesn't matter anymore because electric prices are so high now. Or what? What is? What you said? It's. Uh, um, it's surprising. What is surprising? Yeah, um, so a, uh, a cost of like 0 0.25 uh, euros per kilowatt hour, that's the cost of uh, energy storage in a battery, mm. which means that you can store electricity that you can otherwise probably not utilize because, um, yeah, of the sun or the wind mm. um, intermittency. And then that price is suddenly now um, competitive with a... Um, grid price, for example. Uh, that's what you mean. Okay, yeah, so since yeah. the prices went up, now it's actually, yeah. even though the prices for the batteries have stayed kind of the same, yeah, now exactly. it's much more attractive to, yeah. to, to implement them. Okay, yeah. and do you do you hear when you talk to, to fellow researchers or uh, with industrial partners that now the demand for batteries has also gone up substantially because of this price change? Like, can we see that in the market? Yeah, you can see that. I mean, you can read the web 
pages of the Norwegian companies that are now building factories and they have secured uh, huge contracts for stationary storage, like um, billions of kroner okay. yeah, in the oh. near future. So. Yeah. All right, all right. Mm. Cool, interesting. Mm. So so there's really something happening in in, in the market. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. We're going to talk about maybe in the end as well about this uh, about the Norwegian activities. I'm just going to write it here on my computer. Um because there's something like was it like the Battery Coast or something that's being developed? That also. That's the South West Coast. Yeah. yeah. And and the, yeah, but let's let's, yeah. let's talk about that in a second. When we when we zoom out again, um um Anmari is like you, um there's two if I understand correctly, there's two dimensions in which you assess a battery. And that is, on the one hand, it's energy density, mm. and on the other hand, it's uh, power density. Mm. Um, and then every every uh, every battery you have, you can kind of like say, okay, like these are the two dimensions that matter in which in what you want to optimize. So can you give us an idea? Like, what does energy density mean? Why is it important? And then the second one is like, what is power density and why, why is that important? Energy density is simply the um, amount of energy you can store in a battery per weight of the battery. So that's obviously very important for cars. It's also important for ships and yeah, bicycles, uh, etc., and mobile phones. Um, but not so much for stationary, I guess, because they no, just stand and they just they like just stand there. Yeah. Mm. So power density is the um, power per weight or mm. how much energy you can release per time mm. and weight. So that's uh, more important, for example, for some uh, plug-in electric vehicles, tools like drills. um, uh, Yeah, weight is in general not that important for stationary storage. So here, uh, for this application, it's extremely important that the cost of the stored electricity, uh, so it means that the lifetime of the battery matters a lot. And that I would like to emphasize because... um, this is also, I mean, batteries are not for free. They have a lot of expensive and even some toxic materials. So once you make a battery, it's extremely important that it is durable, that it can charge and discharge for hopefully 20 years or more. And mm-hmm. this also, of course, affects the cost of the stored electricity. So that's extremely important for stationary use. Mm-hmm. So so you said you have, we have mobile use and we have stationary move. And, uh, mm. Moves, not moves. Um, <laughs> what is the word? Use, Use not move. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you said that for that power density is more important. Uh, where where is power density more important for you for for stationary use or for for mobile use, for example? Um, not so much for stationary because yeah, it's um, a lot of trade offs you can make there. But power density is very important for yeah all applications that need a high amount of energy per time, like um, um, hybrid vehicles, like tools, like... Um, I heard also maybe like these how, these trains, that like electric trains in cities, because they, mm-hmm. ha- they have to have... Um, because when they start, there's like 80 tons or something that needs to be... It needs to start. And once they mm. drive, they don't require that much anymore. So mm. they have some supercapacitors on their roofs to oh, get see. started. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. that supercapacitors have good power density, isn't it? Because they give away yeah. power very quickly. They are. They have extreme power densities, so they can release a high amount of energy mm. in a short time, few when, seconds. When you think about these supercapacitors, what is like... An, what is the what is the opposite of a supercapacitor? That's a high energy density battery, for example, uh, lithium ion batteries based on uh, NMC cathode materials or NCI 
cathode materials. Yeah, so these are more slow. They would need an hour to charge, for example, preferably. Yeah. Okay, and supercapacitors yeah. can not only like give away a lot of electricity fast, but they can also yeah. be charged very quickly. They can be charged uh, extremely quickly and can be used for rapid charging. Also, in co combination with solar cells or wind, for example, it can be attractive mm. because you have these huge fluctuations in the production of the energy. Mm. When we now think about these applications, we talked about cars, we talked about um, stationary use, is it sometimes that different types of batteries are combined or is it mostly, mm. okay, it's either nickel, cadmium or lithium ion or whatever, or is it like, is, is that possible to combine it? Does it yeah, make yeah. sense sometimes or is it like yeah. really out of, out of, out of, it doesn't make sense? No, it makes perfectly sense to combine, for example, super caps, like you say, with this uh, truck or bus and lithium ion batteries and yeah. That's that's done to some extent. Is that done in the car industry as well? Like if, if the Tesla that you drive, I don't know. Do you mm. drive a Tesla? Yes. <laughs> yes. Does your Tesla have a super cap as no, well? No. 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 Um, the thing is that per weight, uh, these devices are still quite expensive. So the Tesla has only the lithium-ion batteries. Okay. Because the the thing is that you can always like instead of using one supercapacitor, you can replace it by three uh, batteries that have the same weight. That's the challenge. So when you kind of um, dimension the batteries and they are so cheap that they are now, it's it's tougher for, for other technologies to compete simply. Okay. Yeah. And since supercapacitors, are they really expensive still? Is that what you're saying? It's like they because are, they haven't been yeah. developed so much as like electric cars. We have several million electric cars now on the market. They are expensive per uh, energy. That's the challenge. Okay, not per su not supercapacitor. Per yeah. 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 Um, okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. In one of your YouTube videos that I that I got to watch in the last days, you said that there were a lot of developments in the recent years. Now, now we just talked about developments, so I think that's maybe a good point to to, to continue mm. now. And you said there was a lot of developments in two dimensions, and the first one is in quality, and the second one is in price. Mm. Can you can you tell us what what happened in the last maybe I don't know ten years, fifteen years, when we think about quality of batteries? I think the main issue here is simply that there is um, mass production of these batteries and producers have learned to control very carefully um, the process so that you have extremely um, high quality of the, the batteries, no uh, flaws, no defects. Um, so that's the main uh, improvement actually. And in the beginning when you start um, developing new processes, there is, um, you don't really know how to do it. You have to, there's a lot of trial and error, but with mass production, all these problems are kind of solved and worked on continuously. Mm. And when so, mm. and, uh, so when I, my first electric car, I had it nine years ago. What was it? It was a Nissan Leaf. Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Okay. Is it one of the most sold cars on the planet so far? It's like <laughs> no. I, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But uh, at least at that time, they gave us a three-year warranty for the batteries. Mm. How long did it survive? It's still uh, perfectly alive. Oh, really? Perfectly. Oh. Yeah, going very well nine years later. And How many kilometers are left if you drive it? Yeah, a good point. It's not <laughs> not a long range, but I mean, within the community, we now think that batteries can last for 20 years, which is about the same lifetime as the car itself. Mm, if like you do, if you treat it properly with um, charging and discharge. Yeah. 
All right. And then the second one after quality was price. And mm. I guess that's very much connected to what you just mentioned, isn't it? Like this mass production. Yeah. Yeah. Is there and and new materials that you're able, for example, to find cathode materials with a little higher energy density uh, use today. Um, producers use very little cobalt. Cobalt mm. is ex extremely expensive. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Is it what yeah. is it? It's not just cobalt, but it's also nickel. Nickel, yeah, yeah, nickel and cobalt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll just do that. So, so like you just said, the quality is better, and you also said that now there's made different types of of, of um, cathode materials being used. Mm. Take us on, take us on the on the on the ride with you. So first, I'm going to throw you names, and you just say what it is. <laughs> we start early. Lead acid. That's a really old type of battery. And yep. w when was it used? And like, w where are we still using that one? And then we eventually will come to lithium ions and the different parts of lithium ion uh, batteries. Okay. Mm. So, yep. so who? What is a lead? Lead acid. Lead acid. Lead acid. Lead acid. Lead acid. Lead acid. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a battery with uh, an acid uh, electrolyte, sulfuric acid, and then or lead acid, and then with uh, lead and lead oxide plates. So it's very simple, extremely robust. It was invented, um, I don't know, 140 years ago. Mm. Uh, it was for long the most energy dense battery. It's um, it's still actually used as the start battery in most cars uh, because it's so cheap and robust and has a high. Yeah, I was just wondering because we yeah. just had chat chatted about that before we started yeah. recording and I'm like, okay, but why would we still do that? But you just mentioned it it's, it's because it's cheap Yeah, and it still does the job. It still does the job. Um, I think it might be replaced now by lithium ion. It's just taken quite a while to do so. Mm. Yeah. Do you think so? I thought in 2025 in Norway there's no new uh, internal combustion engine cars coming anymore. No, but even electric cars have these lead acid up to now. Oh, interesting. Start back, so they have these 12 volt uh, things. Ah, yeah. So this yeah. means electric cars actually have a big battery package and yeah. then they have a yeah. small package yeah. just yeah. to just to get it started. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't even have to start this engine anymore. Like they don't no, have no. to. Like, no. <laughs> okay, if you would yeah. see this on the on the camera now, I'm doing a funny move <laughs> of like getting things started. So, okay, but why do they need? Why do they? Why do electric cars need these little batteries then? They don't really need it, I think. But it's more because it's cheap. It's very robust. It's um, um, it has a better temperature window. You know. One oh, challenge so, with the lithium-ion uh, batteries is that you have to control the temperature around them still. And okay, and yeah. it, with these lead-ion, lead-acid batteries, even though it's minus 20 degrees in the Norwegian mountains, mm. you can still get it started. And yeah. then it, it helps. It can then heat up the the rest of the big the big battery. No. No, it gets. Yeah, that's. I'm not a car expert, but mm. it gets uh, electronics and. Ah, uh, the ele gets, electric system started probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, mm. interesting. Okay, let's go to the next one, and that is nickel cadmium. And you told me it's mm. toxic and not energy dense. <laughs> not oh, as like energy dense. Uh, it, that's also an early um, rechargeable battery. Mm. Um, the main problem has been the uh, cadmium, which is a very toxic material, and you absolutely don't want it into nature. It's like a heavy metal and really toxic. So uh, I think it's been used up to now like for... Um, what to say, backup power system in 
telecommunications and mm. it was even used in cars in the early 90s mm. oh France. so that's not like like not long ago no in France mm. um, I think both Peugeot and Renault had uh, cars with uh, nickel cadmium mm. Mm. and are they still being used or are they really out phased now uh, I think they are still used but um, maybe not for much longer yeah. they're not being researched anymore oh okay yeah. okay yeah, yeah. So then the next one is nickel metal hydride. Mm. And so what is that battery and who, when was it used and for what kind of uses was it used? Yeah, that was also used in the 90s. It's, it's more energy dense than nickel cadmium. Mm -hmm. It was used, for example, for the first um, hybrid vehicles from Toyota. So that's a, that was a quite big market. That's the Prius. Prius, Prius yeah. yeah. And it was used for like some mobile uh, electronics as well. We had baby calls, I remember, with this battery. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then um, they're simply not competitive anymore towards lithium-ion uh, batteries. Because of the energy density, they don't reach the same energy density as lithium-ion batteries. No, that's right. And I mean, no, um, the cost reduction has been so uh, huge for the li lithium-ion batteries. Mm. So... Um, Yeah, it simply doesn't make sense anymore to you. Okay, yeah. And now, okay, so we now had lead acid, we had nickel cadmium, and we had nickel metal hydride batteries. And now we come to this big area of your focus, your research focus, and that's lithium ion. Mm -hmm. And when one thinks like me, it's like, okay, my computer runs on lithium ion, the first electric cars, or like the first Tesla cars went on, uh, worked on lithium ion. So for me, it's kind of like, it's lithium ion. But then when I started reading up on this thing, I mm -hmm. realized, okay, there's a lot of different types of lithium ion batteries. So mm -hmm. there is lithium ion phosphate, that's LFP, then there is uh, NCA, then there's NMC, so lots, like a lot of things, and you probably know way, even another, like many others that are out there. So can you give us an idea, like, where, when was lithium-ion maybe started? Like, when did the research start, and why Why is lithium-ion so, so good, and what's the current, what, mm. what's currently going on mm -hmm. in the lithium-ion universe? Yeah. Uh, the first commercial lithium-ion batteries were launched in 1991, I think, by Sony. Uh, and those were made of lithium-cobalt uh, oxide, which is not much in use anymore. So that's a really expensive material because of the high cost of cobalt. And they used um, a carbon or a coke, uh, but they soon switched to a graphite anode. Mm. So this invention was like... It took actually about 25 years to develop these batteries to a stage where they could be uh, produced in a commercial uh, for commercial applications. And mm. the one the batteries we have today are better, but very similar to the ones um, from Sony at at that time. And um, the difference is, for example, that cobalt has been replaced in the cathode with other materials. Um, nickel, manganese, uh, mostly for high energy density batteries. So one, I think what I would like to emphasize with um, lithium-ion batteries is that they are quite unique when it comes to energy efficiency. Because for oh, energy oh, applications, mm -hmm. you would like to retrieve as much of the charging energy as much as possible. Mm. Uh, you want to discharge, to gain the same energy back when you discharge the battery. Uh, and the mechanism um, for the lithium-ion batteries allows this uh, 
very, very high energy density and uh, there's no other battery even close. So this means if I put, uh, like, a, I don't know, a terawatt hour, a mm. kilowatt hour, whatever it is, yeah. into a lithium-ion battery, how much do I get? Like, how much, like, are we talking about 80%, 90%, 95 98 99%? It depends, but if you charge really slowly and discharge very slowly, it's more than 95%. Mm. If you do fast charging, then it's lower. Mm. Why is it lower then? Um, because then you have higher resistances in your battery that, yeah, that makes it heat up and then you lose energy in, f in the form of heat, mm. for example. Is yeah. it, a, is it so a bit like, I don't know, I just, I was just thinking about a bus that has a lot of people in there and then you try to put all these people very quickly into the bus and then you try to get them out really quickly and then they kind of hit each other and they disturb yeah, each yeah, other. Is yeah. it a bit like that? <laughs> It's a bit like that. Yeah, that's a good uh, analogy. Yeah. And then maybe they don't yeah. even want to go in there because they got a bit yeah. <laughs> um, injured or something. Okay, so 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 maybe like you, you use these words anode and cathode um, yeah. one or two times now. Can you and then can you can you tell us how such a battery like works? Very basic description. So you have the yeah. anode, you have the cathode, and you have a liquid in the in the middle, isn't it? And so yeah. how does this how does this work? Uh, some people like to compare batteries to hydropower. So when you start uh, with a fresh battery, you have all the lithium placed in the cathode. Uh, and then when you apply um, a voltage or you apply a current, then you're charging the battery and then you're moving the lithium ions out of the cathode and into the anode. Like you're like, for example, lifting water uh, up into a magazine. Mm -hmm. So then you have lithium is inside your uh, graphite material and it's charged. And then when you connect another cathode again, then you can discharge your battery and the lithium ions move are moving back. Mm. Like the water is falling down uh, from a hydropower okay, magazine. Okay, so, so this means that the, the, the ions are stored in the anode or is there, it does go through the anode? Uh, originally they are stored in the cathode and mm. they are there when they are, the battery is charged, they are moving over to the anode. Okay, and then they stay in the anode until we allow them to go back to the cathode exactly. and make the energy yeah. available. Okay, yeah. and now when you say about like you talk about nickel and you talk about uh, cobalt, mm. is that is that is that the is this where the the ions are in the beginning, or is it when where they move in the so is it the an is it the the cathode or is it the anode that is then then is out of cobalt or that is out of nickel? It's the cathode. It's the so, cathode. So um, in the beginning, the cathode is a material that's made of, uh, for example, lithium cobalt oxide mm -hmm. uh, or lithium nickel manganese cobalt oxide. Yeah. Okay. So and that's the source of the... And lithium. what's the anode made of then? Graphite. It's graphite. And that's yeah. always graphite in all lithium-ion batteries? Yeah, we're trying to introduce more <laughs> silicon or SEOX materials, but... Yeah, I think for now, more than 90% is graphite. Mm. Um, yeah, in, in practice, it's almost always graphite. Mm. A few other materials, but... And Okay, so mm. we say the, the, mm. the majority there is, is, is graphite. So what is then better? Like, why, why, what is nickel and cobalt doing to the, to the cathode that is then making the process more, more efficient or mm. the battery better? Yeah. Yes, that's a good question. Um, 
yeah, how should I say this <laughs> easily? Uh, the materials are, when you look at the atomic level of these materials, um, they have so-called layered structures. So all the oxygen is like placed in one plane mm. and then comes the layer with the metals and then comes the layer with the lithium. So there are some metals which allows this particular configuration, transition metals that can yeah, easily share electrons with the lithium, you can say. Mm. So nickel, um, manganese, cobalt are some of these. Mm. And but these these nickel cobalt manganese, it's if you have a battery that uses nickel manganese cobalt whatever, mm. and it's not that the is it that the whole cathode is made of them, or is it just like a one percent, two percent, five percent of the cathode made out of nickel, for example? Because uh, you said that nickel is this very expensive yeah. material, so yeah. I guess you want to try to minimize it. But like, give me an idea: is it like fifty percent, eighty percent, five percent? Yeah, no, the chemical composition is, for example, um, lithium, um, nickel, um, one lithium, one nickel, and two oxygen. That's kind of the chemical mm. uh, unit, mm. and um, yeah, ninety-five percent of the cathode is made of this material. Mm. In addition, you have some like binder material to yeah, to keep the structure together, together and yeah. some uh, carbon to conduct electrons. And all of this, in addition, you also have a aluminium current collector. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, um, it's not that much. Like if in, in terms of mass, the nickel that's in there, it's not like it's not that much. No, it's a lot. Then I didn't uh, understand the 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 the, um, uh, the calculation. <laughs> no, um, yeah, there are two calculations on atomic level. Mm. Uh, like the the unit chemical unit is li one lithium, one nickel, for example, mm. and two oxygen. So that will be twenty five percent. Like, could atomic, you say that atomic on percent? Atomic percent. But yeah. uh, in weight percent, it would mm. be much higher because lithium weighs next to nothing. And nickel weighs a lot more than oxygen, also. So yeah, yeah. in weight percent, it's uh, higher. Ah, okay. Yeah. Ah, look, look. Thank you for yeah. clarifying mm -hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have these. So, so now we have different types of, of lithium-ion batteries, and yeah. we just talked about some of them. And um, if I understand correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, and probably I'm wrong. Um, there was a lot of lithium ion phosphate, so LFP, mm. being used. And that's because they're really good in terms, terms of safety, in terms of cost and durability. Yeah. But they're not that great in terms of density. And that's why some others were in, um, inf introduced. And that's these NCA, and that's for nickel, mm. cobalt, aluminum, and NMC, nickel, cobalt, mangan manganese. Mm. Um, but they, well, what's the challenge with them? You mean NMC and NCA? Yes. Yeah, they can store much more lithium, but but they are also unsafer. So it's very typical when you have um, um, material that can store high amounts of energy, then it becomes also more unstable and can, for example, um, is sensitive to temperature increases. It can yeah. also decreases when it's cold, or is it? No, not really. But so, so increases meaning that it can burn. For example, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and and w which which ones are then being used currently, and like what is the what is like the future? Like wh where do you see 
Now yeah. let's, let's start like which ones are then being used when I buy a Tesla, when I buy a, I don't know, a, a Volkswagen ID3, like or yeah. the current cars. What what's the where, what's the state of development really? What's the which yeah. ones are being so used? So currently, NMC and NCA are being used uh, okay. for electric, electric vehicles. They are probably dominating totally that market. Mm -hmm. uh, NMC, for example, with uh, 60 or 80 percent uh, nickel. Mm. And then I'm talking about uh, atomic percent mm. out of the metal metals again. Mm. But, yeah. Okay. So those are the most those are the materials that can store more lithium mm. or extract more lithium. And actually. they have a better density, but they're not so. Are they? One other thing we wrote down is durability. But are they as durable as, for example, these LFPs? The, the not quite the lithium ion phosphate. Yeah. So you need to take more care about the charging procedures, the temperature, etc. So does that mean, so if I have an electric car, do I have to take a care about it myself or does the, the charger do it for me? Oh, no. I realize it's an M yeah. NMC uh, battery. Yeah. I can't charge it as fast, for example. No, the car takes care of that car for takes you. care. So yeah. me yeah. As, a, as a naive customer, I just yeah. go and hope that it charges fast, yeah. but it yeah. Now we have electric cars that, that charge way faster, though, than like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like, oh, tell me, sort of 400, 500, <laughs> I don't even know what, <laughs> uh, what, what, yeah. what, what kind of batteries is that in comparison to, to the batteries that we used five or 10 years ago? Oh, they are not that much different. But for example, Tesla has a cooling system. So then when you do fast charging, um, it also cools your battery pack which actually means that the energy efficiency is going down probably going isn't it? down quite a lot yeah mm. so that's the so you charge very quickly in 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever but for that you actually require more energy from the grid or you have to pay for more energy yeah yeah to charge exactly. that, that, mm. that quickly mm. oh interesting so so what's then the, like kind of the, the future like when you imagine electric cars or other applications in in 5 to 10 years will mm. we still work a lot with these nickel and cobalt uh, and manganese uh, batteries because you know there's um, there's issues in the supply chain there's child mm. labor there's human rights issues mm. um, uh, can we continue with that the way it is really or what, what's really what's, yeah. what's at the horizon there that's a really good question my guess is that we will still be using lithium-ion batteries for cars mm -hmm. but maybe not but yeah for stationary applications it's more um challenging and but for cars it's so difficult to find something that uh, can compete uh, you can of course switch between uh, lfp uh, batteries that are less energy dense but where you can save some weight uh, on less packaging because mm. these batteries are safer and you d can reduce on um, plates and cases and so on and thereby reduce the weight because the packaging is currently around 50% of the total weight of mm. a battery pack for cars. So this means if, if we continue being innovative, then it's mm. not really about the battery itself, but it's about the battery pack and how how things are packaged together where there's innovation, room for innovation. Yeah, I mean, there are always room for improvements for car batteries as well, but it's... Um, yeah, to get completely rid of nickel is difficult. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, packaging could be more innovative. There's also room for improving electrolytes, safety, um, 
improving um, temperature window of electric light and mm. yeah, so on. So we are kind of really in the process of getting getting batteries better and better and better. So it's like we're not we didn't innovate for twenty years in a good way, and now it's all over. But there's a lot of things that still can can be done and be 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 made better. There are things that can be make made better, but I would say the technology is now quite mature, which means that for other concepts, it would be very hard to compete also with this current because they're comparatively cheap. Ion, yeah, they're so density. cheap. Mm. So if you're going to start production of a totally new concept, it would be really, really tough to compete with the current technology, unless, mm. as you say, there are challenges in the supply chain. Mm. Yeah. So that remains to be seen how that uh, that is solved. I don't mm. know in the future. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's challenging. You just mentioned another abbreviation. I think I mentioned it also, but we didn't really talk about it. And that's this mm. LFP. That's this lithium ion phosphate um, mm. battery. Um, where there is this the type that was that type used before we developed NCAs and NMCs? So, so the nickel cobalt aluminium and the nickel cobalt manganese, or is that just a parallel development That's and it was never really used in cars? Parallel development, it was always used in hybrid cars okay. because it has a higher power density than lithium ion batteries. Okay, yeah, but yeah. it like, but there it was in these. Hybrid cars, they only had a small battery, and that's why it was yeah. okay to be a bit a bit more heavy, maybe because they still had an internal combustion engine in there. Yeah, and they're still very good at delivering high powers. So in ah, that yeah. respect, they are. Ah, yeah, we're coming uh, to the power density and yes. not the energy density. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, Amari, where where like you just mentioned. There could be other types, but it will be hard for them to to compete against lithium-ion mm. batteries. Yet you're doing research as you, as a person, on other types of batteries. Uh, yeah. I, you said you do something with aluminium and carbon. So, like, <laughs> where? <laughs> what's the future? What's, um, like, you know, the question is like here. The initial question was like, what's the future future of electric batteries? So, uh, what's the future of electric batteries, Amari? Yes, when I say <laughs> hard to compete, uh, then I'm referring to them. Um, electric vehicles mm. because they have such tough demands on energy density. For stationary storage, um, you will see definitely more batteries. There's an explosion in the demand right now for several reasons. Mm. And here you have a much wider choice, I think, in materials and uh, performance. Uh, yeah, you don't have these very strict um, weight and space requirements. Mm. So, yeah, we are starting now, for example, new research on um, batteries made from aluminium and carbon. So that's going to be challenging, but um, it has some interesting aspects. Um, yeah, when it comes to materials, uh, supply chains, etc. It's um, Where do you envision them to be used? So is it going to be mobile batteries or is it going to be stationary batteries, these aluminium carbon batteries? I think... <laughs> Or do you know not, or can we not know yet? I don't think we can know yet. <laughs> okay, because it's so new. It's, like it's very new, so it's hard. Yeah, it's very hard to predict. We mm. just have to make them work first. That's This is very fundamental research. Ah, okay, yeah. so it's yeah. like we're really far away. Like, okay, yeah. so when do you think can we maybe, if, if it works what you're planning there with these aluminum mm. carbon uh, batteries, mm. in when do you think they could be ready to be used in the first products? Is that like a five-year, <laughs> 10-year, 20-year window? What are we talking? 
Well, I mean, it took 25 years for the lithium ion batteries, so mm. Mm. <laughs> I would rather, yeah, 10, 20 years. Mm. Yeah, the long, really the long, but the long it's, range. Uh, more like a needle in a haystack search that for solutions there. Ah, okay, so yeah. you have kind of ideas what could work, then you ask yeah. for money to do research on them, yeah. and then you kind of figure out, ah, that worked, ah, that didn't work, that didn't work. Yeah, and exactly. Okay, so yeah. that could be just one option amongst um, many yeah. other uh, types of, of batteries that, that could be also working. Okay, so 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 what's going to so what's going to be the future then, Anmari? Like, what what do you see? Or like, what do you need from your perspective on, or what do you think the world needs um, when it comes comes to batteries? What are the biggest challenges? What are um, where should policymakers be aware of? Where like. Mm. What do we require? Like, this is now wish you everything you need time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the history of lithium-ion batteries is really interesting because it started off like um, very curiosity-driven research. Mm. And eventually, after some years, somebody realized that, oh, this can we can make a battery out of this, but it wasn't at the time nearly as good as the existing batteries, lead acid, but then it kind of evolved and it yeah, caught the interest of the electronics industries. And then suddenly you have a product that is, uh, yeah, a game changer, mm. so to speak. So, so that that's what you're hoping as well for, for other types to then be able to maybe in the long run Produce batteries that are, you know, don't have supply chain issues, don't have child labor issues, and yeah. human rights, because because it looks like carbon, uh, aluminium, and carbon are product uh, materials that are abundant. And they are abundant, and, and yeah, we, we will see if what will be possible. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Marie. Then thanks for joining me for this podcast today. <laughs> um, Greg, can people find you somewhere? Where can people find you? If you want to be contacted, is there a web page? Yeah, yeah, is there yeah. LinkedIn? Is there? Can, I, can, uh, can, can people do PhDs at your place? Antonio.no. <laughs> Very easy. Yeah. <laughs> and people can do PhD at our place. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then I'm yeah. going to put some links in there in the description. And folks, we, I know that we used a lot of abbreviations in this episode. So I think uh, I'm going to make a. Uh, a list of all the abbreviations and then you can see okay <laughs> what is LFP what is NCA what is NMC just uh, so if, if you're listening to this now on your Spotify player or Apple or whatever uh, then you can have a look at the at the at the show notes and you'll find the abbreviations and what it actually can, entails in, if you are as smart or not smart as I am because when I would hear this just for the first time I would probably not be able to remind to, to remember all of them so thanks for tuning in today take care and um, hear you again in two weeks Thanks, Anne-Marie, for joining us today. Thank you.